Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knutson had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping civil engineers succeed in work and life. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this podcast is just one of the resources that we have for engineers on our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com, where we provide resources focused on core skills training and lifestyle design specifically for engineers. Today, I'm thrilled because I have a very special episode for you. This is a summary episode of my visit to the American Society of Civil Engineers, also known as ASCE's conference in New York City a few weeks ago. This was the national conference. I'm a longtime member. I want to thank ASC for allowing me to attend and interview attendees to create this summary episode, which I believe is going to be an awesome resource for civil engineers worldwide. You are about to hear short interviews with some of the most successful civil engineers in the world. And I'll just give you a quick preview here. I've interviewed a civil engineer who became a CEO when he was 34 years old, and he's now been doing it for 25 years. Give some great tips in the interview. Some West Point cadets hearing an interesting side of being an engineering student as a cadet. A concrete canoe team. I interviewed the Florida ASCE state president. That's a very large state with regards to membership, and he gave some amazing career advice. I also interviewed the New York City Met section president. He talked about his experience managing a $420 million project, which they were pretty much on time and budget, which was amazing. So you'll hear that in a few minutes. And then also we've got some of the heavy hitters at the end of the episode, the current president of ASCE, then the new president, Mark Woodson. I got Mark right after his inaugural speech, and he talked about a lot of things, but also how he started his business, which I found to be pretty interesting and how just talking about building a business. And last but not least, I got Norma Jean Matei, who is the president-elect, and I I got to talk with her a little bit too about women in engineering and, and a couple other things. So I'm thrilled about this episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. I'd like to hear your feedback. The show notes for this show will be located at civilengineeringpodcast.com forward slash A-S-C-E. Again, that's civilengineeringpodcast.com forward slash A-S-C-E. And that can be lowercase or uppercase A-S-C-E. And the show notes will basically contain a summary, a brief summary of each of the interviews I did with the timestamp of the interview. So if you want to skip ahead to listen to Mark Woodson or whatever the case may be, you can just go through to the timestamp and we'll make it really easy for you. There's also be some photos of me interviewing all of the different interviewees at the conference. All right, with that, let's jump right into these interviews. We're going to start off with the one I talked about with the CEO for 25 years. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, so now I'm here with John Magnuson, who's had a lot of experience in the civil engineering world. He was a CEO of a company for 25 years. And I guess, first of all, John, tell us a little bit about your background, like, you know, disciplines in civil engineering, what you worked on. Uh, my total focus is in structural engineering, and, and throughout my career, I've worked on convention centers, sports stadiums, high-rise buildings, a lot of uh, big stuff ar- around the world, really. So big-time projects. So when you started your career... How early on did you know that you wanted to get into the management uh, executive side of the business? 
You know, I didn't really set out to do that. I, I started really doing computer analysis. I was the, one of the analysis guys using uh, the computer. Um, but then I found it was so much fun as I advanced to get out of the office and to interact with clients. And I found that that was really rewarding. It could be frustrating, it could be exhilarating, but that's where it really turned and I said, okay, this is what I really want to do. So interacting with clients is obviously a huge part of being in management, but that's not really something we learn in school. How, how did you, what are some things that you did to improve those skills? Uh, the number one thing to um, get better at, with those kinds of skills is to find really good mentors, to watch what people are doing, sometimes to watch what they're doing and not do it, <laughs> or to do it, to really pick out the very best things that you see them do. Um, so that, that was really the number one thing. Okay, that's, that's great. Let me ask you this question. Looking back on your career, um, I'm sure that there's some big things, uh, decisions or things that you did that might have had a huge impact on your career. Does something jump to mind? Well, I, when I'm giving advice to younger engineers, one of the things that I always think about is I actually didn't sit down and plot out, okay, this is what I need to do to advance. Instead, what I did was I said, okay, how can I help our firm? What can I do to make the firm better and to have better success for the firm? Everything else, all advancement and everything is a byproduct of that. And so instead of focusing on yourself, if you focus on your organization, you will be rewarded. That's really good advice, actually. I never really heard it from that aspect. Instead of thinking about your own goals, thinking about the organization's goals and how you can help them achieve those goals. All right, I don't want to take too much time. So one last question I'll ask you is, CEO for 25 years, I'm sure there's a lot of aspiring civil engineers that want to get to that level. What are some things that they need to know now? Um, I'd say that the, the number one thing is to have a really... Uh, broad interest uh, because there's a lot of things that you need to learn about um, from leases to the law to accounting and you need to have broad interests and if you uh, focus on many different things and uh, develop some skills in those different things it makes it all easier so uh, the number one thing I would say is don't be too, have the blinders wide open. Don't have too narrow of a focus, but have lots of different things that you're following and, and learning about. Okay, and, we, and when, you, when you got this position or when you knew you were going to get this position, I would imagine as a civil engineer, this is a big step, like a huge step. What was kind of going through your mind? Well, um, when I became the CEO, I was 34 years old. So I hadn't been sitting there a long time saying, wow, what are the steps? <laughs> so... Um, I, it just seemed all a very natural progression. And if you do the right things and focus on the right things, it all just seems very natural. Wow, well, thank you so much for a few minutes. I really appreciate it, and uh, the advice was great. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, so I'm here at the ASC conference, and I'm here with a few civil engineering students from West Point. Just kind of want to pick their brain a bit about what it's like to be a civil engineering student at uh, West Point. I guess I'll start with Emilio. Yes, Cadet Emilio. Um, so, I guess I decided to join the civil engineering department my sophomore year, uh, and it's gone really well so far. The professors all enjoy their jobs a lot. Granted, there's a lot of late nights during homeworks, but uh, I love it, so no complaints. 
Tell me one thing that might be something that you do as a civil engineering student at West Point, Robinson, that you wouldn't do at another school. I mean, well, there's a lot of extracurriculars at West Point, so I mean, I think it's it's different that it's not one-dimensional. Um, I know like you have a lot of other classes too. You know, like on the on the way here, I was reading up on my international relations because I have a big paper to write, and. Um, so I think that's probably the main difference. We have a lot of good classes, but I think the second dimension and the third dimension is what is really different. You know, we have a lot, a lot of things that we have to accomplish. What's your name? Aaron Savage. Aaron, tell me, this is one question that I have, probably all you can answer a little bit, but I know with um, West Point, you have to serve after you graduate. Tell me about, you know, what your thoughts are about that as a civil engineer and you know what kind of projects maybe you might be able to work on with this opportunity um, I'm really excited about it because um, I want to branch engineers and so as that we might get to work on um, I don't know just constructing water filtration systems when we're deployed or different um, infrastructure type things like that so it's really exciting I guess one last question. I'm sure that I know you hear a lot of stuff about you got to wake up early, a lot of training and stuff like that. How does the physical training aspect of it, and we could, I'd go around to all of you real quick because I'm sure it's different for each of you, but how does that affect or help, you know, your, your education basically? I mean, it, uh, it, it does provide a new challenge every day. Um, I'd say that the biggest problem is that with so much to do, the thing that really gets lost is rest. So we don't get, we don't sleep very often. But uh, I think that it's, it's a good, it, it's a good thing to develop habits of, of keeping yourself mentally and physically capable. How about you, Aaron? I love it because I'm always awake and alert for classes. So I feel like it really aids in my learning experience. Great. How about you, Amelia? Um, I think it's. It's good for us because at the end of the day, we're going to be joining the uh, Army uh, upon graduation. So although we're studying engineering, I think actually studying with that program helps us like with critical thinking um, along those lines. Um, but in regards to the physical aspect, I, it does help us, like uh, Aaron was saying, where it just gets us up, ready to go in the morning, um, gives us more energy. We might be a little more tired, but at the end of the day, we're more excited to start the day and learn. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, and thank you for your willingness to serve the country as a civil engineer. All right, I'm here at the AC conference. I'm here with Mackenzie from uh, Phoenix, and she's a graduate student. Uh, Mackenzie, tell us, what are you studying? Um, I'm in environmental engineering over at Arizona State right now. Great. What are the like, specifics? Are you studying any specific uh, aspects of environmental engineering? I'm primarily focusing on water resources, um, kind of doing water, wastewater. It's kind of where I'd like to end up. Great. And I guess the question for you is, as a graduate student, you know, you're here in New York for the ASC conference. I'm sure what's on your mind is employment, you know, as you think about getting ready. So uh, what's going through your mind and what steps are you taking to try to ensure that you, you know, get employment after you graduate? Um, yeah, using conferences like this is a huge networking opportunity. Um, I came to last year's in Panama. Um, that was actually how I got my job over the summer. Um, so I'm kind of trying to keep that momentum going, um, meet as many people as I can. Um, just kind of keep networking. This is a huge opportunity, and uh, eventually I think I'd like to end up on the East Coast, so I'm really glad that I'm here in New York and kind of make those connections. Awesome. Are you an active, I guess you're an active member on your ASC chapter? Uh, yeah, last year I was actually the chapter president, um, so this year, now that I'm in grad school, I've kind of stepped down a little bit and just a, gen a general member right now. 
Um, but yeah, I used to be really involved and um, I'm trying to get a little bit more involved in my younger members group since now I'm kind of alumni of being in bachelor's. <laughs> so. so you are a graduate student in environmental engineering. Are you going for your master's in engineering? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going for my MSc this year. Um, I did an accelerated program during my senior year, so I should be graduating this May. Um, so I'm pretty excited. Awesome. I guess the, one of the questions for you is, you know, what was the decision making process for deciding to get the master's? You know, why did you go that route? I know that a lot of engineers have that question. Um, ASU just offers um, a lot of opportunities for um, you to do an accelerated program, um, jump in really into research if you want to, or just to start classes. Um, and I kind of just jumped on that. Um, you know, we got a lot of opportunities for scholarships and things like that. And I just didn't want to pass up something like that. Um, I thought it was just easier to get it done within one year and then be able to use those skills and go out in the workforce. Awesome. And, and what is one, I guess, last question, maybe like one key takeaway so far that you've got from your graduate work that you think is going to help you long term? Ooh, that one's, uh, that's tough. <laughs> um, kind of a big takeaway. Uh, I don't know. I mean, most of my, uh, there's definitely a difference between the professors I had in undergrad and some of the ones I have in, in grad school. Um, most of them, uh, most of my grad school professors are all PEs and they've been really you know, pushing to make sure that you get those knowledge, like the knowledge you need to be able to, you know, make sure you pass your EIT, make sure you get your PE, um, and make those steps to like get into industry fast. Um, but also, you know, you take away from what you've done in school and research to really implement and like push technologies further and, and get more into the field. So that's awesome. And I think that's a great answer because I, I did my master's as well in civil engineering. And I think one of the biggest benefits was I went at night and all the professors were in industry and that was like a huge advantage for me. So Mackenzie, thanks for a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. <laughs> nice talking to you. All right. So we're here at the ASC conference and I'm lucky to be here with Michael Goodkind, who has over 40 years of experience in the civil engineering industry and started as a structural engineer and then really got into management, which is great. That's what we talk about a lot on the show. Um, so I'm going to ask Michael, first of all, My, thank, Michael, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. <laughs> Tell me, you've had 40 years experience, a lot of younger up-and-coming engineers, project managers listen to the show. What are some things that you wish you would have knew when you start out, started out that might be helpful to them? I think the first thing young engineers need to do is to learn how to do the job. To learn how to be an engineer before they worry about being a manager of a big project or um, I, I guess I, I quit it at that. I mean, that's the biggest thing. So you're saying learning like the technical side of your field yeah. prior to start managing? Yes, you've really got to learn that. I mean, young kids come out of school now and all they want to do is run things because they're, they're used to solving discrete problems in school. And problems in the profession are not discrete. They're very complex, they're multidisciplinary. You got to learn how to work with people. And you don't always learn that when you're in school. No, that's great. I have to agree with you because one of my, the best managers I ever had, he was a drainage engineer first, knew everything about drainage, hydrology. And then when I, when I wanted help from him, he could help me on the technical side and helping people. So it, was, it, was, it changed my career. Uh -huh. No, I, I, I mean, that's a great example. So, and and I, I got a PhD and I did a little bit of structural engineering. But pretty soon I figured out that I enjoyed working with people more. And I went off into the marketing side and then management. And I was president of my company for 19 years. So, uh, wow, so you were the president of a company for 19 years. 
Wow. So you, you, <laughs> it, was, it was a unique opportunity. So when you're the president of a company, there's a million things going on in the company, right? Yeah. How do you focus on the big things? Uh, I'm not sure that I always did focus on the big things. I, I, I mean, I, I, I tended to focus on what, what the current problem was um, and dealt with that. Like the, the speaker that we just heard in the, in the opening session talked about that when there was a problem, that was, that's what got the, uh, the attention. Let me ask you this, since I just found out you had your own company for 19 years. Well, it, I, I mean, I was the president. I didn't start the company. Okay, okay you were the president. Um, if you want to be, if I'm a civil engineer and I want to be a president of a company, a leader of a company, um, I'm sure some of the same advice will apply. Learn your technical side first. Start to move up the ladder. But is there anything that I need to know ahead of time that I'm going to have to deal with, that I'm going to have to be prepared for as a president, as a leader of a company? You need to understand the types of people that you're working with. And you need to be not dismissive of people who don't agree with you. You know, everything, everyone that says something to you has got, there's, there's a pearl in there someplace. Okay. Okay. So you're always looking for the benefit of what you could take out of a, of a, of a conversation, of an interaction with someone. Yes. Yeah. That, that's it, in short words. That's it. All right, Michael. Good kind. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is great. <laughs> okay, I'm here with Kurt from Bentley Systems. They have a table here at the AC conference, and I just want to kind of check in with Kurt. I guess first of all, Kurt, just give us a real quick overview of what Bentley does. We're a software company for infrastructure. We have over 300 software products. Uh, we deal a lot with the architect and the engineering and construction industry. Uh, we have two new acquisitions that we're very happy to introduce to people while we're here. One is called Context Capture, and Context Capture gives you the ability to take photographs and convert it into a 3D model. Now that's very helpful when you're trying to do. Um, that's it, very helpful when you're trying to do conceptual planning. Uh, so you can fly a drone, you can do it with a helicopter, and you can even walk around with your smartphone and take pictures of things. Uh, we also have another acquisition that we recently did, and it's the Lumen RT, which this is used for uh, big animation movies, uh, things like Terminator, Despicable Me 2. Uh, it gives us the ability to take our engineering drawings and add more realism to them. We can add trees that know the seasons, so the leaves will change. We can add wind, clouds, overcast, lots of things very quickly in a matter of seconds. Wow, Kurt, that sounds amazing, and that sounds like that's going to be some tools that are really going to help... Uh you know, AEC professionals when they do their projects. So just so I'm clear on that first one. So if you, if you're doing a project and you want to investigate a site, you can actually fly it with a drone to get a whole bunch of information. Is that accurate? That's correct. Wow. That's interesting. So give me a little idea beyond the two acquisitions, which sound exciting of some of the, some of the, like the key programs that you have that what, what engineers would be using it for? Uh, well, first, when you're doing your design, we have our, you know, the civil environment where it's either geopack or inroads. Uh, we use our open roads technology where everything's dynamic. You can see things moving on the fly. We can take that information and then export that out uh, into something like Lumen RT where we can add that realism to them. But the first start would be start with the context capture software where you're taking your photos, you create your 3D model, and then you could do your proposed design on top of that. Awesome. All right. And kind of to end up here, Kurt, 
what do you see? I mean, you're obviously very, Bentley's very entrenched in the AEC industry. You're creating programs to solve problems, it sounds like, for AEC professionals. What are some of, I don't know if I want to say the problems or challenges, or some of the big things going on in the industry right now that you see when you go around, you talk to these professionals? Well, a lot of it, you need to get the information fast. Everything comes down to time. So before, if you had to hire an airplane to go fly it, it took months for prep and all the paperwork and things like that. Now you can go out with your drone, fly it, and before the end of the day, you have a whole 3D model of your site. Wow, awesome. So kind of a key takeaway here from Kurt is, you know, it's all about getting the data as fast as possible when you do your design projects, but understanding, you know, as a civil engineer myself, you know, we need to do it accurately. And it sounds like Bentley here has got some programs that's going to help help engineers do that. So, Kurt, thanks for a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you very much. All right. I'm excited to have Albert Posotrigo here, who is the president of the ASC Met section. Um, Albert, thanks for taking a few minutes to come on the Civil Engineering Podcast. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what kind of engineering you do. Okay. Uh, my name is Albert Posotrigo. I actually... Uh, was I went to school in New Jersey, in Rutgers University, but I spent all my life in New York. I almost 37 years of experience in the New York City area. Currently, I'm doing mostly construction management projects. Uh, I, bec I was a project manager and resident engineer on some large projects, like I had a $420 million job that I just finished. I did an FDR dry project for the state of New York for almost $200 million and things like that. So basically, I concentrated myself in the civil engineering part that belongs to uh, the construction aspect. Uh, I did a little bit of design my, my initial years, and, uh, and, but uh, you know, right after that, I, I discovered that construction was my area. So tell me, you mentioned a $420 million project. Let's talk about that for a minute, just in general terms. What was your role on the project? I was in charge of the, of the job. I was the resident engineer. Uh, the job consisted of the uh, rehabilitation of the Alexander Hamilton Bridge. It's an important bridge that carries almost 200,000 vehicles per day coming from the, New Jersey, from the George Washington Bridge from New Jersey. So we were affected by a very large unit like the George Washington Bridge, and the, re the very next bridge is the Alexander. So the reconstruction of that, uh, of that uh, job involved uh, dealing with 200,000 vehicles per day and still doing the work while the traffic was running. You know? It was a, a major undertaking. It involved also nine separate bridge uh, ramps that feed the, the bridge. They come from the Major Digging Expressway, Interstate I-87. And uh, we had to, to build nine temporary bridges to be able to take the nine ramps out of commission. And so all of this was done in, in the span of five years. We were on time, fortunately, and we were no, we were, uh, I, I, I got to say we were almost, almost on target on the money. We overrun the job by maybe 20 million, which is almost 2% only of the, of the project. So it was a very successful project for the New York State Department of Transportation. And uh, the, 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 this bridge is actually the Cross Bronx Expressway. It's one of the most infamous expressways in the world. I mean, it's the traffic, traffic builds up like every second by the second. So it was a big challenge. We did most of the work at night, though. Yeah, if you're from the New York area, you know that if anytime you're going to go in the Cross Bronx, you give yourself an extra two hours at least, because it doesn't matter if it's one in the morning or if it's you know five at night, it's going to be traffic. But but anyway, that's an extraordinary job. I mean, nine temporary bridges, like I can't even imagine that. But so from your role, how many people would you say consultants roughly that you had to work with on the project? Well, uh, you have to divide things uh, among the construction workers, maybe from the contractor point uh, point of view. They were about 300 workers at a time sometimes. And the engineering, uh, the engineering share of this, I would say my group alone had up to 
one time up to 46 engineers, and uh, the state had maybe another 10. The contractor had maybe another 20. So altogether, close to 100 people among engineers worked on this project alone, just the engineering portion. And Albert, tell me this. Uh, engineers are listening to the show. They're maybe going to work on big projects in their career. What are some of like, the key things that you can kind of give them that you learned from working on a project this big that might help people that have to manage these type of projects? Okay. When you work on a big job, I think the main key ingredient and the thing you have to learn how to do is you have to know how to delegate. You cannot do everything yourself, you know, but you have to know exactly what every person that you delegate is doing. You know, you have to say, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then you supervise that and make sure that everything is going on schedule, on time. You know, you, you got to use, well, we, we did use a CPM schedule to run the job, obviously, but everybody else that, among the people that you delegate your, 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 um, uh, your activities, they have to also go by the schedules and you have to supervise. So the key ingredient is that you have to know basically the job, you know, very well, but you have to have people next to you that can do the work that you want to do, you know. So you cannot do it by yourself. I know some engineers try to the A-type engineers that they try to do everything themselves. It's not going to work on a large project because there's just not enough time in the day. You have meetings that you have to hold with many uh, companies, many uh, agencies, utility companies, etc. They take up and consume your day. So therefore, you have to have people, key people that are going to work under you, that you trust, and then they, you know that they are doing the work the way you like. You know? That's very interesting, Albert. And I know that delegating is one of the biggest challenges for engineers because we get so locked into the technical side of our projects, and then all of a sudden we have to give them up. So obviously, you've been successful at it. What are like a couple things you can do when you start to delegate? When it's, it's difficult to let go, but what are some things you can do to make it easier for someone to delegate? I think if you're a good teacher... And you, I, I mean, fortunately, I used to teach at a local university, and I learned how to deal with people like that. So giving clear instructions and uh, making sure that uh, you know that your people are understanding. Because some people, they tell you, yes, I understand, I understand, but you know they are not getting your, your idea. So knowing that aspect of the people, that they, psychologically you're telling them one thing, but psychologically they may be saying yes, yes, yes. And they are just scared, you know, of the job. or the, So that aspect you have to know. You have to know that they are understanding you. And you, you, will, you will know with experience who is grasping what you want and who is not, you know. All right, so one of the key factors there is when you delegate something to someone, you've got to communicate and you've got to understand. Actually, I guess you've got to hear back from them and understand that they know what you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. They have to, you have to have that sense of feeling that they are getting your idea, you know. Not just they are just making a yes, 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 but they are actually grasping what you want. You know that that is not easy. That is not easy because individuals are very different, especially engineers. They are very defensive sometimes because they are technically oriented, and they they think they are doing. They 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 may be embarrassing themselves by saying, "I don't understand this," and they don't say that. And the minute you sense that, then you have to reinforce that. And you have to be like a teacher. You know, a teacher actually does that. You know, make sure that the student is. Understanding, not just that looking that he's understanding, he's actually understanding. Well, that's that's excellent advice. I think it's uh, if you're listening out there and you're a civil engineer and you want to advance, you're going to have to delegate at some point in your career. So I think Albert's given us some great advice. I just want to give Albert a quick minute. He's the president of the ASC uh, Met section. Tell just tell us real quickly about the chapter a little bit. Well, our chapter is one of the largest chapters in in ASCE. I think ASCE right now has 150,000 uh, members. Uh, New York City has 4,500 about, 
and uh, we have also nine student chapters. We actually embrace the students tremendously because we know that they are going to be the future engineers of our, of our society. And our, our, our chapter has more and more students than any other uh, uh, section maybe in the, among the ASE sections. Uh, uh, we, we do have like engineer marvels in this city. You could see from Grand Central Station, from uh, who built the Freedom Towers or, or the Empire State Building or, or, or tunnels that are going like the East Side Access, the Tappan Zee Bridge, etc. So we have tremendous amount of structures in the city that uh, are done by our civil engineers from this area, from local areas. And, you know, we're very proud of our, our structures, of our, our, our uh, of the things that we do right now, our main concern in, in among the the med section is the, the the infrastructure of the of the state. I'm gonna say in in New, in New York, and we have a report card that we just developed. We opened up on on September the 29th, and we gave ourselves a C minus. Uh, grade, which is really embarrassing for some, from, from, from you know, for having so many marvels of structures in this area, but. I think that's the way it is right now. The economy in the country is more directed to other things. Maybe it's not directed to infrastructure necessarily. So we are having a big, a big, a big bump right now on trying to, 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 to call for the conscience of every engineer, to call their elected officials, to contact them. If you, if you, if you check on the website on ASCEMedSection.org, you will have a link in there where you could actually just by clicking a link. You could contact your 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 uh, your legislator legislator and let them know about the infrastructure. There is a nice letter that's already written for you. All you have to do is fill in, fill in your name. But you could contact them, and I already got responses from my senators, from my from my congressman, by just by putting my name in there, and they told me about these things. So if you want to make a difference, go to ASCEMedSection.org. And then you're really going to click just one link in your name, and you'll do a tremendous job for the, for the engineers. You know? That's great, Albert, because I'm glad you said that, because I think a lot of engineers think that if they send an email to Congress, no one's going to care. It's only one person. You're not going to make a difference. But obviously, it sounds like you've already got a response, and that's excellent. Let me tell you something. When you get a letter from your congressman, it's such a nice thing. It's a letter from Congress. You know, like you get back some responses that are unbelievable. I mean, just the reward of getting something back in your name, saying, "Oh, dear Albert, this and this and that." And you're talking with one of the senators, and you know, still the letterhead is from the from Congress. It's beautiful, actually. It's a great experience. Do it. All right, Albert. Um, thank you for your time. Just one last thing that maybe if you, there's young civil engineers out there that are trying to advance, what is maybe, if you had a couple seconds to spend with them, what is one piece of advice you would give them? I would tell them that uh, civil engineering is, uh, is a really broad uh, career. You know, There's millions of, of, of ways you can go in civil engineering. But try to concentrate on something that you really, really like. You know, like in, in your careers, you're going to start with maybe one thing here, one thing there. And maybe the first five years, you will experiment and see what you like. But once you find that, you know, the, the branch that you like, it could, it could be geotech, it could be construction management, it could be structures, whatever. Concentrate on that because once you love your job, it's like you have no job. It's so easy. I tell you, you want to go every morning and say, listen, I got to go to work. My wife tells me sometimes, can we do this, this and that? No, no, no. I have to go to work because I am so happy, you know. I'm so happy to go to work. And you only find that when you concentrate on something that you love. Once you love it, it's no work. They'll pay you for, for having fun, you know, and that's the best thing in the world. Yeah, I think there's a quote that says, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. Right? That's true. Yeah. All right, Albert, I want to thank you so much for your time, and he will put those links in our show notes. So if you want to reach out to your congressman, you can do so. Um, Albert, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you.
Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you talking to me and uh, giving me the opportunity to say a few words to the young engineers that uh, they are the ones who are going to be the future of our society. Thank you so much. Thank you, Albert. All right, so I'm here with Stephanie from? Uh, City College of New York. From City College of New York, ASC chapter, student chapter. And I just found out Stephanie's a listener, which is awesome. And um, I'm looking at a beautiful, beautiful concrete canoe, and I kind of just want to get a little bit of the story behind it because it sounds like they had a lot of success. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about the canoe. Well, it's a student-run competition. Um, we build a new canoe every single year. We try to incorporate new things from past years, and uh, it's a, about a 50-student effort. Um, we try to build a canoe that runs efficiently on the water because we actually race the canoe, but we also try to get it as light as possible. Uh, two years ago's canoe, which is the one I'm standing in front of, is uh, 360 pounds. Last year, we changed the shape of the canoe to make it slimmer and um, got it to 220 pounds, which was a really great experience and very amazing for us. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, I've been an ASC member for a long time, student chapter, so I'm, I'm still, I still am boggled by this idea of a concrete canoe, which is fascinating. <laughs> but it seems like you guys had some success. Tell me a little bit about how the, you know, how the contest works or however it works and what, what kind of the goals of the team are. Okay, well, the first question I always get is, well, does it float? Um, which... <laughs> I mean, I've gotten pretty used to answering, yes, it does float, yes, we race it. Um, the goals are kind of to have fun, but also to simulate a real-life project. So um, it's kind of like a project management intro for beginners, uh, a nerd fest, if you will, for us students, um, so that whatever things we don't learn in the classroom, which is a lot when you go out to the field, you realize that school is great for the technical skills, but there's a lot of things you don't learn. Um, so working on Concrete Canoe, it kind of lets you learn about things like mixed designing, um, about construction management in general, managing a team, managing students, um, money allocations, things like that. So I think it's a great experience for undergrads to have um, supplementary to their schoolwork. Yeah, that's excellent. It sounds like a real great way to get into project management, work on a team, yeah. right, do team project. I guess the million dollar question is, just give the listeners a little bit of a quick idea of how a concrete canoe can actually float. What goes into it? Okay, well, it's all really in the shape of the canoe, um, which a lot of students work a very long time to get right through different MATLAB codes and different um, calculations. So I can't really give away too much because it's kind of, you know, every school secret, but it's all in the shape, which is all I can really say. No, that's fine. Hey, listen, this is pr proprietary stuff. We don't want to mess around here. But I guess one last question for you personally. How, has the ex how do you think the experience has really helped you as far as, you know, working with teams, working on a real-life project? Um, well, when I started school, I was kind of like more of a shy, kind of didn't really want to get into it, um, didn't really think civil engineering was for me, but then I kind of found my niche in Concrete Canoe, found that I could really step up, um, was the president last year, which gave me the opportunity to... Uh, kind of lead a team and now I'm looking at grad schools for construction management because I really enjoy doing it. Wow, you see that? So this basically this project is some way possibly shaped your future as far as the discipline of civil engineering you want to get into, is that right? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I really enjoyed it, um, managing the people and seeing how the project came together and I found it really rewarding experiences on many different levels. Great. And this is a beautiful, beautiful canoe. I'm going to take a picture of this. We'll put it in the show notes for the show, which will be at Civil Engineering podcast.com. And uh, thanks so much, Stephanie, for taking out a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, interviewing me. <laughs> okay, I'm here with Bob Stevens. We have one minute, president of ASC. Bob, real quick, there's young civil engineers listening to the show. You've had a long career. What's one piece of advice you can give them that they should know about really advancing their career as a civil engineer? Well, it's very important to get involved with 
activities outside your regular day-to-day job. And, uh, you know, I know you have their family and other personal things that you do, but it's also important to do things to develop yourself technically and professionally uh, by being part of organizations such as ASC. And I highly recommend membership in ASC and being a participant actively involved. Okay, great. I know it's. I know the most important thing about being in an association is being active. That's how you get to know people. Obviously, you've done that, Bob. And uh, thanks for your time. And have a great conference. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So I'm here with Jonathan Richards. He is a West Point um, U.S. Military Academy civil engineering student in his fourth year. Um, and if you don't know, after you graduate from West Point, you most likely, I guess, you get deployed. Is that right, Jonathan? Uh, yeah. You'll go out in the army. You have an eight-year commitment. And depending on where you're going is going to depend on when you deploy and how often. Great. So, so what I wanted to talk to Jonathan about was, I mean, you know, if you go to a, a college that's not a, a military school, obviously you graduate, you're trying to get a job, you're going to go into industry most likely. Totally different ballgame here. Jonathan's going to be, you know, go somewhere probably in the world and probably be working on probably projects that are critical to our success overseas. But Jonathan, tell me about the mindset. You know, it's kind of a little bit of an unknown future because you're not sure where you're going to end up. But how do you, how do you deal with that? How, are you, how do you prepare for that? I, honestly, I think it's a lot easier than a lot of my civilian counterparts because I know senior year, like most of them are focused on finding a job or like going out, like grad school applications. But I think on our side, definitely, uh, it allows us to kind of focus more on definitely the engineering side of it and kind of like professional development. But also at the same time, I know for the next five years, I won't be doing the traditional civil engineering job. So I won't be doing a hydro job. I won't be doing a construction management or a soils job. I'll most likely be doing some type of military s. Uh, let's uh, see an example, uh, like route clearing. Like route clearing is a type of engineering I know I'm going to be going into most likely. And so it makes it... It really puts it on the student to continue their education in the more technical field once they get into the Army. And then hopefully at the eight-year mark, they'll have an opportunity to go back to grad school and really get back into the more traditional civil engineering world. So it's, it's exciting. At the same time, you kind of you want those last four years of undergrad. You've just been doing all these problem sets. You want those to matter, but you know your next step isn't really going to be the technical side of civil engineering. That's interesting. And I guess like big picture question, which applies probably to everyone in life is since you know you're going to go somewhere, but you're not sure where you don't know exactly what you're going to be doing. How do you prepare? Do you just keep doing what you're doing? Keep learning, keep improving yourself. I'm sure in the in the in the army, they're, they're preparing you mentally and physically. Yeah, I'd say it's just kind of self-development. Like if you don't know where you're going, you can't really prepare for that next step. You can't really prepare for the like the growth, I guess. So you can really just focus on like mental preparation, like just being flexible, not really being stuck on a certain, oh, hey, I know I'm going to go, I know I'm going to go to grad school after this. Like you don't know. And so you really just have to keep yourself like flexible. And that's the biggest thing, just flexible and happy in what you do. Awesome. I think we should end on that note, flexible and happy with you. Jonathan, thanks for your service. And I wish you the best of luck with everything. No worries. It was great. All right. So I'm here with Jose Acosta. He is the uh, ASC Florida section president. Um, spent some time with him at the lunch here at the conference. We talked about a lot of interesting things. His company is, is growing quickly, and he has a lot of contact with engineers, a lot of experience in this industry. And, Jose, I just want to kind of ask you on this show, we try to give advice for, like, engineers that are up and coming. could be students. They could be 10 years out. Um, but just based on your experience so far, what are some of the kind of the key skills that you would recommend that engineers try to learn in addition to their technical knowledge? 
Well, I think it's important for engineers to be well-rounded, and, and it's important that they get exposed to various different things. And it's going to the ASC events, going to the, the, uh, the NSP events, but uh, it's also getting exposed to how business gets done so they can make an impact with other professionals, whether it's the attorneys, the politicians, the CPAs, so they can be in there and be the, the trusted advisor for those folks. Uh, whether it's in the transportation element, land development, whatever their expertise is, structural and such. Uh, so I think that's big, the biggest key is getting exposed, uh, getting exposed to, to different folks, to getting, uh, being able to have an opinion that is important and relevant. Um, and I think as they see, see how other, more, uh, other engineers or planners or architects or folks in the A&E industry respond, they'll be able to, to mold their own experiences and be, and be a significant uh, player in our industry. That's great. And I guess one question I have for you is, I mean, your company, Chenmore, seems like you guys are growing fast. I mean, I sat with your colleague as well, Greg Mendez, yesterday, and he's, I guess he manages the office there in Miami. Tell me about the culture. Sounds great. Sounds like you guys do a lot to support engineering with career development. I guess the question I have for you is, what if someone is not in a situation like that, but they want to try to get some of these skills? <clears throat> what do you recommend? I mean, can they just talk to their managers? Or what, what, what action should they take if they don't feel like they're getting some of that client um, exposure and, and things of that nature. I think the key part is to get involved where in areas where they have passion in their communities. Um, it, it, even if, if the company doesn't support them or they're in the public sector where it's tough to get uh, to get funding, uh, to attend a, com a community event, to attend and show that engineers care that we are about the community and that we, that we build the community that people live in so folks understand what it is, understand what it is what we do that we do, they then will get some of those skill sets that you were asking about, being able to speak in public, uh, to have confidence about what they do, to have pride about what they do. And at the end of the day, we're in an industry where what, what we do gives back to everybody. It doesn't matter what you know, what background they're from, what part of the country they are, what part of the world they're from. It's, a, it's something everybody uh, gets the benefits of, and uh, as a result, being exposed to dealing with people, communicating, the skill sets that, that, that are usually not the, per, the greatest ones for, for an engineer, uh, being exposed to those things is what helps discuss and, and communicate to Elaine and what we do and the importance and the passion that comes in. And to me, one of the things I tell engineers is, you know, what is separate from all the professional societies, tell me what you care about. If, if you have a kid, a family, and you, you want to go, you know, Coach, coach baseball. That's fine. Let's sponsor it. Let's be involved. Let's do something that's community related, and then tie it back to what we do. And you'll find and meet those people and create that network that really matters. And the passion is what other people will care about. That's what they'll cling to. Yeah. Uh, no, that's great. I think that I, I love that point because I think a lot of times engineers get hooked into the idea of the only thing you could do is go to engineering societies, engineering meetings, but. I think especially as a civil engineer, you're, you're right on is that we're, what we do is fundamentally community-driven. So if we can get involved in the community, who knows? It could be through your kids' sports. It could be anywhere. You could make relationships that are eventually going to show up in your work and what you do, um, whether it's you know a direct connection or you know now you have a little bit of an idea of what the community members are looking for on this project that you're designing. I mean, I remember doing some roadway projects, and we would, we regularly survey the business owners on the road to understand what they wanted. I mean, I think that's a critical part of doing civil engineering. So just a couple of last things real quick. You're the, you're the ASC Florida section president. It's a very big chapter. Um, why don't you just briefly talk a little bit about the chapter? Uh, you told me a little bit yesterday about some things that you guys are doing to try to work together as, as a section statewide and also kind of the experience that you've gotten out of it for those engineers listening that are looking to maybe get actively engaged in their professional society chapters. 
Well, the Florida section uh, contains 8,000 8, members throughout the state of Florida, encompass the entire state of Florida. So from Pensacola to Tallahassee to Miami, Tampa, Orlando, it's, it's, a, it's a significant uh, area with different folks from different places with different passions. And uh, we've really tried to focus on various different things over the years. Uh, we have uh, four section meetings a year, and we, we rotate, them, rotate them around the state various universities with our nat with our conference next year will be in July 2016 in Jacksonville uh, where we really uh, push up you know and promote all these different things we've really focused on education throughout the state between the sections and the, the section and the branches we spend over about hundred thousand dollars a year uh, between all the awards whether locally or at the state level uh, we uh, actually at myself and uh, my colleague at my firm Peter Moore uh, for the last 12 years has served as a uh, concrete canoe judge actually in the Southeast wow. Regional Conference. Uh, so it's really about meaning what to say and being out there and, 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 and doing those things. And we, we invest in all kinds of things like in the, the old West Point Bridge competition, which is now uh, engineering encounters, uh, the science fairs throughout the years. We, we fund, fund uh, various efforts at, at each level, whether it's in Tampa, Fort Myers, Gainesville, whatever the case may be. Uh, we also uh, get uh, been promoting the institutes as best we can as they've been growing. Uh, I just learned that uh, uh, the newest uh, utility and surveying institute, we just, uh, we just had a request for the southern branches, the Miami-Dade Broward and Palm Beach to create that first one in the country. Uh, and then in Orlando, we have a plethora of institutes doing great jobs. We're going, going in to try to get all the get a technical uh, uh, papers and, and presentations about all these great projects we have throughout the state. So uh, we're, we're excited about what we, we do. We have a lot going on. And, you know, whether it's a milita military uh, town like in Pensacola or a town with a ton of design, build, construction in Miami, the downtown redevelopment and such, we really try to bring it as much to the table as we can, not just for ASC, but also with some of our sister organizations and trying to partner with them so that to give the best bang for the buck for our, for our membership. That's great. And then just the last question for you, personally, professionally, how has your involvement in society, your uh, role as president, how has that impacted you, helped you, you know, just thinking at probably a lot of people listening to this are considering getting active? Well, um, I started in ASC as a student chapter president at the University of Miami. And uh, as a result of ASC, that's how I found my first job. Wow. It's how I met a lot of the people that, that led me through this and that, uh, that were mentors. Um, and I'm still a young 39 years old, so I feel I've done a lot very quickly. And I've been blessed to, to be exposed to a lot of folks that have gotten me through that. And uh, now the, the honor to be involved in the state of Florida, go around the state of Florida. I'm here in New York now. As soon as I get back into Miami, I get to drive up to Gainesville and do their installation. So it's an honor to be able to represent everybody and, and, uh, and really talk about the great things that we do as a team. All right, I lied. One more question. <laughs> I just made me think of a good question. In civil engineering, it's obviously being able to present yourself is critical. You know, get up in front of clients, proposals, you know, whatever your proposal, your supervisor for your review, whatever the case may be. Obviously, I'm sure you have to do that a ton as the president. Was that something you were good at? Did you work on it? How did how did that work for you? Uh, it's exposure. Uh, I wasn't good at it in the beginning, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, I had to work at it. ASC helped expose me to those things to be able to to speak in public more often, get involved in more, in more uh, opportunities to be able to, 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 whether it's present in front of a, uh, for a public sector project, to a client in a meeting to explain you know, why we're designing this roadway the way we are, why this land development project needs to go through this permitting agency, or to talk to colleagues, architects, surveyors, environmental professionals, structural engineers, 
that are that do different things that I do, but I need to need them to work together in unison with what we have to reach our opt- optimal goal. So that all those things really have led me to where I'm at. And to me, you know, this, this is a learning profession. It's a, life is about learning and constantly learning. So we're constantly trying to work and do, do better things and get more exposure. And uh, that excites me. And uh, it took me a while to get there. And I think ASC is a wonderful way for engineers to be able to improve, improve in their public speaking and their confidence about being proud about what they do, proud to be a civil engineer. Awesome. All right, Jose, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. Take care. All right, so we're still here at the ASC conference in New York, and I'm here with Tony Bajan, who is the president of the Canadian Society of Civil Engineering, and uh, I'm going to get to ask him a quick couple of questions. Tony, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Tony, tell me about um, what you do in the civil engineering industry. I'm presently uh, working for a, a company called Canon Group, and I'm currently the president of the, C- the Canadian Society of Civil Engineering, and staying connected uh, with the ASC is really important for us. So tell me about your specific uh, engineering job. What are some of the things you do in your job day-to-day? On the day-to-day, I do uh, structural analysis for uh, building. The company I work for did the Yankee Stadium, the Mets, which is uh, very current at this time as they are playing in the series. Uh, we built stadium for champions. That's the way uh, we uh, put ourselves. But what I do is representation uh, with engineering firm and architectural firms. And I do business development basically with these firms doing lunch and learn seminars. So vibration, uh, floor vibration, uh, deck uh, loading diaphragm, technical uh, seminars that will uh, basically enhance the understanding of civil engineers uh, professionals. So you say business development, I guess the exposure in your seminars is meant to try to get business for your firm? Exactly, by doing design assist at the early phase of design with projects. We bring our manufacturing experience and the installation uh, expertise we have to build together. The, uh, so it's very complementary to the design uh, expertise of the of the engineers. Great. All right. So talk to me a little bit about the Canadian Society of Civil Engineering. What are some of the things that the Canadian Society is focusing on right now? What are some of your big topics? The big topics right now is uh, really helping the students to be connected with experienced engineers. So we just started the mentoring program for that. And uh, we are also encouraging people to uh, work towards sustainability. So those are uh, very important topics that we are uh, helping uh, our members, which is close to 5,000 members in Canada. And we want to grow by 25% in the coming years. So focusing our membership growth is one of our top priorities. That's excellent. And it sounds like, I mean, obviously you're here, it sounds like the Canadian Society stays in touch with the American Society of Civil Engineers, some interaction between, is that right? Totally. We had a meeting yesterday with the uh, executives, president, president-elect, and past president, including their uh, executive director. And we're going to work closely together. And as an example, we're going to share webinars to our Canadian members from the uh, online uh, webinar series of AASC, and we'll have uh, Canadian speakers attending those webinars to answer and put the Canadian variant to the topics that's going to be addressed by the webinars. Excellent. All right, so before I let you go, you've been a civil engineer for a long time. You've got a lot of exposure with civil engineers through the Canadian Society. What are a couple of recommendations you have for up-and-coming civil engineers that are listening to the show that you know want to kind of really advance themselves? Yeah, in order to advance themselves, being involved at the early stage of their studying, being a member of an association, 
participating into uh, events like uh, projects uh, that are external to their studies. Uh, it, would, it would be student competition, as an example. Okay. Uh, that would be ways to uh, create a network already and built on that over the years. And those uh, relationships will last. You'll see over oh. time that people uh, and colleagues will always be there to help you. And being a member of a society also, uh, I've never said no to someone calling saying I'm a, I'm a, a CSC member in right. order to help them out. Right. So that's the key. It's the, not the, what you know in life is the people you know. That's great because I mean obviously a lot of people that I've been interviewing here are saying to join professional associations but I think these are a couple of very specific benefits getting involved in these project competitions outside of your local city uh, broadens your horizons, broadens your network and then the idea that you know listen there's some very well established engineers in the Canadian society and the American society and if you're members of these societies pretty much you can reach out to these people and, and like Tony said he doesn't turn anyone down, he'll talk to you, he'll help you. Um, so keep that in mind as a way of uh, getting access to these people, almost like mentors that you can utilize in your career. All right, Tony, thanks so much for uh, visiting with us. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the Canadian Society and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. It's a pleasure, Anthony. All right, I'm here with uh, Tom Smith, who's the Executive Director for ASC. We're at the conference still, and ASC kind of unveiled the preview of the Dream Big movie. And Tom, just real quick for the members and everyone out there, just give them a real quick idea of what the movie is, the goal of the movie, essentially. The goal of the movie is to capture the wonder of engineering, civil engineering, and all kinds of engineering. Uh, for especially the public and, and children, and we want to make sure that we can attract a diverse uh, enthusiasm for engineering. Put it up on a 60-foot screen. We've seen many examples where engineering is uh, uh, not really fully understood, maybe appreciated by the public, and we want to change that. We want to find new ways to reach uh, the public, and we know that the IMAX 3D film is one way to do that. It's not just a film, however. We're also going to have an educational component, so we're going to push that out into classrooms, and we're working now with museum science centers around the country to do that. That, that's awesome. And this is uh, Thinking Around Engineers Week in 2017? Yes, we're going to release it in February of 2017 in National Engineers Week, and we will be uh, one of the sponsors, uh, our chairs of that event. That's awesome. So for all of you out there that are civil engineers and you're trying to spread the word about civil engineering, engineering in general, really, the movie's about engineering in general, um, ASC is giving the tools like Dream Big. Um, and it'll be coming to you soon. You'll get a lot of resources if you're a member. I'm sure ASC will share with you uh, ways you can uh, spread the word. So, Tom, great job today. Thanks for everything. Great, thank you. Take care, Anthony. All right, now I'm here with the just installed president-elect of ASC, Norma Jean McKay from Louisiana. Norma Jean, congratulations. Thank you, Anthony. You're welcome. And I know that the Louisiana uh, does a great civil engineering conference. I was there a few weeks ago. Um, wonderful attendee. Yeah, I saw you, but you were mobbed, so I didn't get a chance to say hello. <laughs> but I got you here, so that's good news. Um, but I want to congratulate you. And I guess the first question is kind of like, what are, what are your plans as president-elect? What are some of the big initiatives that you want to focus on? Well, one of the things that's very important to me because I see civil engineering is really a people-serving profession is to, to work on our image because a lot of people don't truly understand what civil engineers do for them. Because a lot of our work is buried, so uh, breaking water, sanitation, a lot of that's buried. And sometimes they even still think that we drive 
trains. And so I think that the dream big film that'll come out of my presidential year is going to be really a great tool to start with those small children that go to the IMAX theaters at museums and, and they, they'll find out about the wonderful uh, large, large infrastructure that uh, society really uh, relies on. They'll find out that that's engineering feats and sitting next to them will be their parents so we can educate them at the same time. That's great. And for those people listening that are interested in, in moving up in their professional associations, whether it's NSC or other organizations, getting to leadership positions, what is some advice you can give them? Obviously, I mean, you're, you're the president, so you have been doing this for a while. What would you recommend? How do they start? How do they get involved? Well, this is a little shout out to all of those that are out there already in positions. Look around and tap someone on their shoulder and ask them, because that's usually how that's how I got involved, and that's how quite a number of my colleagues got involved in leadership positions. Is somebody one day said, "Hey, I think you'd be really, really great at this." They said, "Are you interested?" And so the shout to now people that are looking to get involved is to say yes or to just show up. Because the, the people that run the world are the people that show up. Yeah, that's a great point. Ask. I mean, since you're surrounded by, I'm sure, volunteer leaders that would love to help you, they'd love to have help. Um, so I'm sure they think give you a position right away to help them in any capacity. So that's great. And then just the last question I'll ask, and I'll let you go, is um, I know a lot of women in civil engineering that kind of tell me that, you know, it can be tough because there's. Um, you know, a lot less women than there are men. My wife's a civil engineer, so I can talk to her about it. Um, so, Double you know, whammy. Yeah. So you're obviously a woman who's had a lot of success. You're now president-elect for ASC. What, what kind of words of inspiration or uh, wisdom can you share with the women out there in the civil engineering world? Well, actually, I'm doing my best because I made two engineers. My, my oldest daughter just graduated wow. in December, as, and she's practicing um, structural engineering, which is in my master's class this semester, part, working part-time on it. And we just kissed our youngest goodbye. She's at Tulane University by alma mater, working, uh, first semester working on her biomedical engineering degree. So I'm doing my best. Um, I think that that women have to look at, we have a very changing society. And so not only do women have these needs that traditional, traditionally white males didn't, but I think all young people now look at the family as something that's very important and that they want to be very, very good friends. And so you get out of school and you are all excited about Steel Bridge or Concrete Canoe. And then you get into your, your practice, whatever that might be, and it's, to be honest, not as female and not as diverse as it could be and as it should be and as it can be. And you can't let that bother you because we're really awesome and. I find that oftentimes my, my civil engineering lady students, the girls, will look at a grade that they think is unacceptable, so that might be a big. And instead of thinking, I had a bad day, they think, oh my God, this is not for me. 
and you just have to look at it. Well, you've had a bad day. That's not the grade that you expected or had wanted, but it's just one test. So get over it, and then say, I'm on to to the next challenge, and I'm going to study a little harder, and not let it stop you in your tracks. Just regardless of the speed bump. Yeah, that's great. And I think for those of you out there, men and women. If you want to build your confidence, which I know is critical, um, you need to get up in front of people. Go to a school, go to an elementary school, talk about civil engineering, go to your professional site, do a technical talk for an hour at lunch. And, and you know, it's a small thing, but I think if you do those things, it's going to build your confidence and it will help you to build your confidence, whether you're a man or a woman. But I know from a lot of women I talk to, like my wife, the confidence can be a little bit lacking because you might be, you know, because you feel like there's less women, you feel you're afraid to speak out. But just get out there, like you know, Jean said, do it. If it doesn't go great, do it again. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So practice makes perfect. That's right. So, <laughs> I used to be shy, and I didn't like really? to speak in front of people. Wow. There you go. And now it doesn't bother me one bit, and it's all practice. You seem very comfortable now. I am because I'm so used to it now. But because I started practicing, right. and I practiced actually at things like ASCE branch meetings where you'd get in front of your colleagues and you'd say a few words, that's not going to impact your job. So you're practicing among among your colleagues, among your friends. And so if you stutter a little bit, after a while you find out that nobody cares. If you're trying to communicate, then that's all that matters. And the more you do it, the better you get. That's great. That's great. All right, Norma Jean, thank you, and um, I wish you the best. I'll be watching you. you as you progress up to president-elect president with the dream big, and we're all excited to, uh, to have you up there. I'm very excited. Thank you so much. All right, so I'm, I'm here with uh, Mark Woodson, who was just installed as the AAC president. We're both taking a seat and relaxing a little bit because it's been a hectic uh, morning. Uh, but first of all, Mark, uh, congratulations. Uh, the video was great. Seeing your family here, it really showed everything you've accomplished in not just engineering but in life. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been it's wonderful. It was great to be able to. The video was so funny when we, when we saw the final production, but those guys did a great job of, of highlighting some of the things I've done in my career, especially most, most recently where I live and work at Flagstaff in, in Northern Arizona. Uh, the kids, I, I've seen other presidents be welcomed in and, and introduced by their children, and my kids did everything and more than I expected when they introduced me to the public. Yeah, they did a wonderful job. And um, I guess a question for you, I mean, this the podcast that we do is a lot of younger civil engineers, up-and-coming engineers, um, obviously looking up to, to people like you. Um, what, what is kind of some things that they should be thinking about in their careers they are progressing, um, you know, whether it's things that they can be doing in addition to the technical stuff um, or something, you know, something that you've done throughout your career that might be helpful for them? Well, I think the first thing they need to understand is when they go to work in, in an office or in a lab or on a construction site, they need to be of value to their employer. They need to be of value to the job. So they need to learn the skills that make them valuable to do things. They need to be willing to step up and help. Maybe they don't know exactly what they're going to be doing, but when somebody asks for some help, if they can step up and help, it's a, it's a tremendous uh, thing for them to be there because they'll be appreciated for that kind of stuff. Um, they need to sit back, listen and learn, and, and work hard. Those are the important elements because at someday they're going to be teaching others, but when they start their careers, they need to be the, the sponge that's absorbing all the things that are hopefully being taught to them. Their, their, their leadership is good at mentoring them and getting them to a better place in their careers. That's great, and I think that that first point about value is really important because... You know, you go to engineering school, you, you get the technical stuff that you absolutely need as a civil engineer, and you get out into the, the, the real
their world, so to speak, and you start working on these projects. But, you know, I think, like you said, if you want to succeed, you've got to be valuable to your employer, you've got to be valuable to your clients. So what, how do you produce that value? You need to think about that. Of course, it's maybe different in different industries, different disciplines, but um, definitely something you should think about. Mark, you spoke a little bit about mentoring in your, in your speech. Um, talk a little bit about the importance, I guess, of, you know, both ways, of finding a mentor when you're younger and up and coming, and then being a mentor when you're more experienced. And that's a very, very important part of what we all do in our careers. And and as a young, um, even before I became a, a graduate engineer, I was working in engineering offices and listening to those around me teach me how to do things, how to the importance of doing it right, of getting good information to, to complete the project, um, getting things done on time, always important. A lot of a lot of people don't understand the process, the budgeting, and the cost of doing a project. So. Understanding that there's a time frame to get things done, you need to get things done right the first time. Um, also, when sh- as you progress through the years, you can mentor in both directions. You can mentor to those younger than you, you can mentor to those older than you. And you can learn in both directions too. So it's important to be just sharing knowledge, sharing experiences. And and sharing in the, and, and I try not to, you know, we all learn in, in uh, human resources, if you will, you, there's a proper time to discuss a mistake that's been made and how to correct it. And, and learning that and knowing how to deal with mistakes and, and correcting things. And then moving moving people to that next step where they can work better the next time on something. Hmm. That's great. I never thought about that mentoring in the opposite direction. Um, it's great because you always think about you're getting mentored if you're younger, but why not? I mean, you're right. Younger people have different perspectives. Like you said, in your speech, the technology. There's an opportunity. Maybe that's part of the value that you can offer to your firm is that you're a little more tech savvy than some of the more experienced engineers, so you can work together um, and help them, which I which I think is great. Last thing, and I'll let you go. You got a busy day here, but um, a lot of civil engineers out there, aspiring civil engineers, want to own their own company one day. You started your own firm, been successful. You, you talked about it was grew pretty fast. What are what are some advice that you have now for engineers that are thinking about that in the future? I always start that with don't even think about it. <laughs> no, it's it's the, one of the most rewarding things I've ever gotten to do in life. Um, but it's a challenge, and you need to look first at it is if you want to go it alone or if you want to do it with a team, a couple of a partner or a couple of people, and how you want to put that kind of thing together. You don't just stop and do it. You have to you have to build towards it. You have to get relationships. You have to learn about financing business. You have to learn about the ins and outs of contracting with people. So there's a lot of things to do. I didn't come right out of school and go and do my own business. I went to work. I'd worked in different places over the years. I'd worked in government over the years. So I knew more about consulting with government agencies and things like that. But it's really, it's just do your homework like anything else. You're not just going to go out and do it right the first time. If you don't practice how to ride a bike, you don't just jump on a bike and ride it. And, And owning your own business is the same thing. The other thing about owning it is there will be a few times when you slip and fall or you get set back with things. And and you need to either be you need to be prepared to prepared to persevere and, and work through those things. Great. And then I guess my last question is when you know you're going to spend the next year as ASC president. When you're finished in a year from now, what what are some of the bigger things that you hope to accomplish, or you know, maybe even one thing that you really want to accomplish? Well, my biggest thing since I've been on the national board is about member value, and that and there's so many definitions of what's the value to me as a member who's active at the local level, what's the member value to somebody who's active in the institute level, what's the value to somebody who appreciates the journals and publications that we put out and how it helps them in their careers. 
Um, there's, there's too many ways to define it, but we need to look across the board and say, what can we do to ensure that the members we have have value? And maybe if we provide better value across the board to current members, maybe we'll even attract some new members. Excellent. All right, Mark, once again, congratulations. I wish you the best. We're uh, looking forward to watching you throughout the year, um, and we'll all be supporting you as the members. Thank you. Thank you very much. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interviews. This was something that we'll try to do a little bit more of, considering going to an event, you can really get access to a lot of very experienced and really experts in the industry for whatever in industry it may be. For me, again, it was a thrill to be there, to be on the floor and to be around all that energy. And you will check out the photos in the show notes and you'll really be able to, you know, kind of get a feel for it yourself. Again, that's civilengineeringpodcast.com forward slash ASCE. And that can be uppercase or lowercase ASCE. Lastly, there's just two things I want to mention as we close out the show here. One of the things that we do at the Engineering Career Coach is we run a community online for engineers. It's called the Engineering Mastermind, which is at theengineeringmastermind.com. And basically, it acts as a very powerful supplement to your technical association membership or your engineering education. And the best way I can describe it is that imagine going to a conference like this ASC conference in New York City, tons of energy. You met tons of really cool people. And then you go back to your office and all that energy dissipates and it's gone and all those relationships aren't there. Well, we tried to take that energy and bottle it. So we created the mastermind. We have our own forum. We do monthly calls and it's for engineers that really want to build up those core skills, become a linchpin in their career and get the support of other motivated engineers. So check it out at theengineeringmastermind.com. And lastly, I want to mention our big annual event that we do, the Engineering Career Summit where we focus 100% on personal and professional development for engineers. And that's going to be down in New Orleans this year in May. And we actually have some early access tickets available at engineeringcareersummit.com. We're thrilled to have Will Schneer, the CEO of one of the fastest growing civil engineering companies, Big Red Dog, as the keynote speaker. He's going to talk about this really interesting flywheel theory on how to build this flywheel to help you build your engineering career. So it's going to be an awesome event. We're really, really excited about it. And if you want to learn more about Will Schneer, just go back a few episodes ago on the Civil Engineering Podcast. And Will had an awesome episode talking about building a career in business development. So with that, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please leave your feedback for us. Feel free to always, you can email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. And until next episode, I wish you all the best in your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.